everybody, it's Craig from the University of Applied Research and Development, and this is part of our Veterans Stories Difference Makers, and I'm delighted to have Cassio Shin with us, who is a Marine veteran. Hi, Cassio. Hi, Dr. Craig. Thank you for this interview. So good to have you with us. Would you, would you mind just telling us how you got into the military? What motivated you to do that? I think partly it has to do with um, what I chose to study undergrad, classical civilizations, uh, the history of the Greeks and Romans, and um, understanding uh, this, the importance of American democracy, modern democracy. Um, you know, before America, we had about 2,000 years of nothing but monarchies, feudalism, totalitarian governments. And then there was an explosion of modern democracies uh, related to the Renaissance um, when we decided to look back to the ancient Greeks and Romans and, and what they taught us. Uh, certainly the Renaissance um, was an important period in history. So um, it had to do with understanding America's history. Um, the other aspect is I was socializing with Vietnam Marines um, at the time when I was in college. And these men um, were, um, they fought in Vietnam, they volunteer, they're very proud. And I heard about Vietnam from their perspective. Uh, they're very proud uh, of serving. And um, it was a story that was different from uh, the mainstream story of how Vietnam was a horrible war, we shouldn't have been there. Uh, they were actually very proud of what they did. And, um, you know, some of these men were forced reconnaissance, they're reconnaissance, they were in special ops. Um, and um, they mentored me. I was indoctrinated into the Marine Corps. Um, I, I learned the history. Um, and they were amazing individuals uh, that I still have relationships with uh, to this day. Um, and th those two factors um, contributed. And then there was 9-11. Um, so I tried to enlist the first weekend after, um, I'm sorry, the first Monday after the first weekend after 9-11. Wow. That was when I tried to uh, first enter um, the Marine Corps. It took me about um, three years to, to finally join, to, to prepare myself. And, uh, uh, but I went in around 2004. Um, I deployed to Iraq and uh, I came back, um, one deployment, uh, and uh, this was around 2006, 2007. Uh, that's when we came back. And um, unfortunately, I did not have a, a very, um, how do I say this, uh, heroic or um, it, it was, I was a Huey Cobra mechanic. And um, it, was, uh, it was just, uh, I was very, I liked what I did, but it, it certainly wasn't what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to go into infantry and I told my recruiter that, and I was a victim of recruiter fraud. Um, my recruiter said there were no infantry jobs available until 10 months later and that I should uh, go in uh, into the air wing and um, sign up and do a lateral move. Um, I asked him what's a lateral move, and he said it's just paperwork. 
it was a solution to a problem. The, the problem was there were there was no infantry jobs until 10 months later. So, um, you know, he, he paused, he thought about it for a minute, and he said, this is what you should do um, if you want to go in the infantry. Um, so I followed his, his suggestion. It turned out to be uh, the longest route. Uh, it, 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 you know, I, the, there's a term called impressment, um, and I think it's it's happening right now, right, where um, the, the military recruiters uh, will just try to say anything and everything to get people to go into a war zone. But, yeah, th unfortunately, you know, that's it's, it's a horrible aspect of um, military service, military life, military recruiting. Um, but um, I went to boot camp and um, I, I tried to do a lateral move. I went to the School of Infantry, tried to do a lateral move. I went to my MOS school, tried to do a lateral move. I got denied every time. Um, I deployed, came back, and my unit said, we're going to get rid of my unit. They're going to deactivate us. And they told us that I, we should all look for new jobs. I went to um, my local recruiter, uh, and I wanted to, I was looking into becoming an infantry officer. And I asked him, hey, did my recruiter lie to me? And he said, yeah. And um, that was um, basically uh, the end of uh, my military experience. Um, but, um, you know, I think I went in for all the right reasons. Um, and uh, but all I did was work on Hueys and Cobras uh, as a mechanic. And I think there's a difference. Um, for the guys that actually serve in combat uh, and go and go on repeat deployments, um, they're risking their lives for an ideal, um, for this set of principles, this belief in America. Um, and a lot of people don't understand, they don't know um, why America's special, American exceptionalism, um, but Arguably, we were the world's first modern democracy. Um, and um, that fact, you know, isn't highlighted enough. Uh, we changed the world forever. Um, you know, the, 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 there was a series of decisions throughout history and, and Western civilization made the right decisions um, from um, uh, the rejection of organized religion uh, that's Reformation, uh, f from um, the, the rejection of the divine rights of kings, Magna Carta, um, you know, the suffrage movement, um, racial equality. Um, I would argue that occurred during World War II and the civil rights era. There were moments in history where we made the right decision. And I don't think other cultures and civilizations would have made the same uh, decisions. We have to understand that democracies are a uniquely um, unique aspect of Western civilizations and inclusion and diversity. I would say they're unique aspects of Western civilizations. And there's no indication that other cultures would have embraced gender equality, for example. So, um, yeah. Um, we, we Marines 
they're they're special unit, special breed, and they believe in America. And that's what um, my mentors taught me, and that's why I went in. I love that you were inspired by the men who served in Vietnam, and you got to know them well enough to understand the pride that they had and what they did, because as you said, they went there based on principle, and so did you. You enrolled to serve based on the principle of defending the country that you love. And I don't think anyone would ever would ever doubt the value of the service that you gave, regardless of whether you're a mechanic, a cook, or someone who's on the front lines, because obviously without you, the machines aren't working, the machines aren't prepared, the machines aren't ready to defend the men and the women who are serving and defending and deploying. And so your contribution is just as valuable as anyone else's. And I hope that you really do hear my heart on that, that thank you for your service, that it is valuable and it is regarded highly and it is honorable. So thank you so much for, for serving. I'd love for you to share. I know, I know you've expressed that the, the position you were in is not the one that you wanted um, and you tried to change. Are there some learnings, experiences, some some uh, nuggets of wisdom or life experiences that you took from your time in the military, which have helped you now in your civilian life that you could share? Right. Overall, it was a very positive experience. And um, I do think it changed me forever. Um, the qualities, uh, the ethos, um, we learn to be productive. We learn discipline and um we, we learn leadership, uh, especially Marines, that the concept of uh, leadership by example can be carried through every aspect of life. Uh, so so those are the things that resonate now that stick out in my mind, um, how we, we are supposed to lead by example. And it's it's the fundamentals um, of, of, of a human being um, th- that really matter. So um, there's there there are no shortcuts in life, and um, your, your character um, it, it's it's shaped by what you do. Um, so what we do in this life echoes in the next, right? That that's a line from mm. Gladiator, I think. <laughs> Russell Crowe. It does. It does indeed. And now in your civilian life, you're a corporate counsel for a, a large organization. Tell us about your role that you have now. Right. So CYCG is uh, in the energy consulting business. Uh, They um, are involved in um, accounting for um, energy companies uh, like uh, Southern California, Edison, uh, PG&E. And um, they they calculate, um, in a nutshell, uh, the cost of electricity uh, to to manufacturers. So um, lots of numbers crunching, lots of technology involved. Um, and um, I'm involved helping with contract negotiations and contract uh, discussions and uh, contract drafting. Um, that's one aspect of um, the job. There, there are other aspects. Um, and, um, yeah, so I like to contribute um, in other ways as well um, for nonprofits um, and um, other organizations uh, I'm part of. So. Um, yeah. Does that answer your question? It does. And we're both in the veteran-owned business uh, project, the LinkedIn group, which there's some amazing people and amazing organizations in there. Is your business, is it the, the consulting firm, is it veteran-owned? It is not. 
you are a veteran and you're in the organization. Yes, yes, correct. Yep. So you're representing the organization and the community of veterans that we're in. Right, right. It, it, for uh, related to other projects and aspects of the, the nonprofits, um, you know, if since I have this opportunity, Dr. Craig, I, I volunteer for um, an organization called Community Veteran Justice Project. Hmm. And um, it is um, a nonprofit that assists uh, military veterans who get in trouble with the law here in Southern California, Los Angeles. Um, there are specific statutes, uh, penal code section 1001.80, 1170.9, and 1170.91 that um, allows for military veterans to get military diversion, get their criminal charges dismissed. It saves their career. We understand, we as in um, society, the California legislature, um, we understand that veterans suffer unique traumas, unique, uh, 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 I guess, um, horrible experiences. And we want to um, provide treatment, rehabilitation, um, rather than incarceration and criminal charges that can last for years. Um, and what I what we try to do is to... Um, help veterans. Um, usually when we find them, when they come to us, um, they have legal issues, but they might also have financial issues. Um, they will have, they might be homeless, et cetera, and we provide other services. Uh, but uh, we, it's, it's comprehensive. It's a lot of counseling as well. Um, but one of the main focus is military diversion. Have I got the right website on the screen? Yes, yes. Fantastic. So, um, lots of success stories. Um, Cassie, are you still there? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. So, um, right. Uh, there is a video. That's Jody Galvin. She was a prosecutor, a gang prosecutor, put criminals away for over 20 years and she decided to work on the defense side. And so um, she wants to create a new model for the rest of the country to follow. Mm. Um, there are um, veterans courts, but the statutes allow for any criminal court to um, help veterans. So um, really? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's not, Veterans court. It's it's veterans courts are separate. These statutes are for any criminal court. So right. So we have to identify the veterans, find the veterans. That's the challenge. You, you right. really want to utilize the statutes before you enter a plea. Yep. Yeah. So there are there are laws. I might be using my language incorrectly. Please forgive me. But there are laws or regulations that are put in place that mean that veterans can get extra help and their background and their service can be understood as a reflection of, of the crime that they might be being prosecuted for, so they can have additional help. Is that correct? Correct. And it's not every case. It's not guaranteed. It's uh, judicial yeah. discretion is involved. Um, but we, we certainly want treatment rehabilitation first. Mm. How incredible. 
I think the world is starting to understand more, particularly in education with younger children, that when children have been through difficult circumstances, the way that they are acting out is a result of the trauma that they've been through. I think it's about time that people recognise that veterans have been through things that the majority of the general population have never been through and would never understand and may not ever survive. And so they deserve that discretion. They deserve that understanding. Right. And if you look at all the different types of uh, the, the population, criminal population, veterans probably have very low recidivism rates. So uh, to provide leniency, they are the perfect target population. Right. I'm just going to make sure I put that link to the website in the chat so it can appear on YouTube where the recording is. And so if there are veterans or families of veterans who need to access that service, then they have that available to them as well. Cassio, I really want to thank you for for being with us. I, I do thank you for your service. I thank you for your time with us, sharing your story. And also thank you for the work that you're doing right now. You are a difference maker in the lives of other people with what you're doing to help veterans right now in criminal situations. So thank you very much for your service then and your service now. It's a pleasure, Dr. Craig Hansen. It was, uh, it was a delight. Thank you for being with you. Thank you. And everybody else, thank you for joining us on Veteran Stories, Difference Makers, and Casio is certainly one of those. We hope you can join us again on our next, our next Veteran Stories. And tomorrow is International Women's Day, and we have a group of women, incredible veterans who are making a difference in the lives of others as well, just like Casio. We hope you can join us tomorrow for our International Women's Day special round table. So thank you, Casio. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you again. Mm -hmm.